Hi friends, my name is Alyssa Poster and I am your official host of I Wasn't Prepared For This. First and foremost, a huge shout out and thank you to all those supporting this idea and the creation of this podcast. I am so excited to be here and to have all of you here along the way. The love and support I've gotten is unreal and I hope you all enjoy this show as much as I enjoy bringing it to life. I am very excited and would like to introduce my first official guest, Ryan Sprance. Hi, Ryan. Hi. Thanks for having me. Ryan is one of the three founders of Awestruck, the agency I work for. Ryan and I have been working side by side for about four and a half years now, and I am excited for him to give some life and career stories and advice a little bit later. You can also expect a wine feature each episode. Cheers, because why not? Uh, Today we're sipping on some Felino blood orange sangria. Perfect as summer is only just a couple weeks away. What feels like? uh, How do you like this wine so far, Ryan? So far, so good. I I like any kind of wine, especially during the day. So (laughs) it's good. Perfect. My favorite is that it's what... uh, 4, 4, 12 right now, p.m. Yeah. And we're just sitting in the office cracking open a bottle of wine. That's uh, <laughs> how you do it. Exactly. That's how you get through the day. Uh, so down to the real question. Why create this podcast and what is it about? Well, this past year I've learned so much. So many ups and downs. So many lessons learned. So many opportunities. And more and more have I really realized how many of you are interested or inspired by my stories. I've always wanted to be a strong leader, and I feel that this podcast is going to create such an incredible community. This podcast is a place to talk about all of the crap we weren't prepared for and the relatable scenarios that bring us all together. This podcast is going to talk about the reality of how hard life can be and how we can overcome it. It's going to be about empowered individuals who take control of their life and conquer this crazy world. It's going to be about crazy times and stories we can all maybe relate to. It's taking that pretty photo or TikTok or Instagram reel on social media and telling the real story of where we are, what we're dealing with, and how the community of relatability and inspiration can help each and every one of us be the best version of ourselves. So buckle up and get prepared for some real talk, some laughs, some stories, and awesome guests that are maneuvering their way around society and this world. So for those of you who don't know me, and honestly, those of you who do know me, here's a little scoop about who I am, or at least who I think I am. (laughs) First and foremost, I feel like everybody probably knows this, even if you don't know me, my dog is my best friend. (laughs) I feel that's important to share. And if you're not a dog fan, please stop listening. Not really, but kind of. I also can't forget about my parents, G and AP. Shout out to them. I have you two to thank for all the continued support with everything in whichever direction I decide to take my life. You guys have continued to be my inspiration, and I just want to say that I love you more. Anyways, a little bit about me. Hi. Uh, I'm 27 years old, and you should know that I told myself 2022 was going to be the best year yet, and this podcast is a part of that. I recently just took on a new role at my job, Awestruck, as Vice President New Ventures. Pretty fitting for where I am in my life and what I'm looking to accomplish. I've been with Awestruck since it was founded and have been a part of the basic foundations of the the agency since the start. 
My career is a huge part of who I am. I think I feel like it's everything about who I am. Um, I refuse to settle for a career I don't love. And while I've always wanted a career that I could make a difference in others' lives, I found so many ways to do so because of who I am and where my career has led me. I cannot begin to express the empowerment I have felt over the past six months and how many unexpected and random text calls or discussions I've had with people about me as far as being an inspiration or a great influence on children, students, females, and of course, let's not forget all the boss ladies. There's been multiple occasions where I've honestly teared up because of the kind and wholehearted compliments I've received and never expected. And honestly, it was perfect timing because it was at the time that I was considering starting this podcast. It was assurance and confirmation that I am right where I need to be and I am indeed making a difference one way or another. So thank you to those special individuals who have truly touched my heart. And I really hope that you know who you are and you're listening to this right now. So speaking of boss ladies, back to my career. Being part of a startup agency has been super challenging, but even more rewarding. I can proudly sit here and say that at age 27, I'm the vice president of New Ventures, of a a company that I've helped build, develop between multiple departments, individuals, clients, relationships, and even so myself. While doing so, I've mastered my undergrad, my MBA, worked and currently working freelance positions, hurdled every fire thrown my way between family, friendship, breakups, and just figuring out the life that I wasn't prepared for. I never would have imagined being where I am today, but I can tell you that the key was the drive for success. So I ask you, and I really want you to think about this, how do you measure success? I'm not talking money, I'm talking lifestyle and happiness. I aspire, strive, and thrive at creating the best life I can for myself because we all know how short it is, and I want to help you do the same. In the past year, I've truly discovered this passion for travel. I love it. Two years ago, I couldn't even get on a plane. Uh, Ryan, who's here sitting next to me, he literally had to hold my hand and watch me cry. And I mean, Ryan, like, what are your, we've we've talked about this a little bit, but what are your thoughts? I mean, we only went to Florida. It was like a two hour flight. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And and you made such a big deal out of it, but it it just shows the growth that you've had over the last several years. Um, You know, I look back on it. We have some conversations around, you know, some of the projects that you're working on today. And when I think back, I always remind you of that. I'm like, hey, remember you couldn't get on a plane? Now your Instagram stories show, I'm on my 10th trip of the year already and it's, you know, April. So, uh, you know, I've watched you grow over the years and um, really proud of what you've been able to accomplish. But, uh, um, you know, I just think it's it shows that if you really love something and you focus on it, you can absolutely overcome what you need to to get there because, yeah, you're right. It was a two-hour trip to Florida, and you're like, but you don't understand. I haven't been on a plane in years. And I'm like, by the time it gets up, it's coming down. Yeah, and I think recently my like favorite accomplishment, let's just talk about this for a second. Couldn't get on a plane, but I drove a car on an island on the wrong side of the road. Right, yeah, and you you, you volunteered to do that too, right? When we got there, you're like, I, I need to take the keys and, and drive because I got to... You know, I got to figure this thing out. No, I think it was actually because your driving skills sucked, but, you know, we can... My driving <laughs> skills were fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so looking at, you know, 2022 to date, it's actually been eight trips that I've been on. So um, recently, the Bahamas, California multiple times, New York, Florida, Colorado... 
And I'm so lucky and grateful because half of that travel has been work-related. And if it weren't for my career, I never would have found this part of myself. And what is it they say now? Catch flights, not feelings. Well, that's what you say. (laughs) I like it. It's my uh, 2022 motto. Mm. So a little bit more about me outside of my career. I love all the outdoor adventures. Uh, Many people know me for my dog and all of our adventures, but also as the horse girl. You know what? Everyone says horse girls are crazy. They're not wrong. Um, We're crazy. I've been riding horses since I was 13. So what's that going on? 14 years? Well, what was that TikTok you sent me the other day? If uh, if a girl has two A's in her name, she's even doubly crazy. So that plus the horse girl. Yeah, no hope. <laughs> um, and so well, the thing I always like to talk about is how, you know, I grew up, I guess I, I called myself an equestrian, right? I've, I've grown up riding horses. I've been doing it for 14 years. I've owned horses. Um, I've shown and competed. Um, and it truly is a sport. But I always like to say that, I feel like being an equestrian has really taught me the true dedication um, and the work ethic that I have today. I mean, just it takes a character to like train and work with these animals and have the patience and the emotional capacity. They get hurt. You get hurt. You know, I mean, people get seriously injured all the time. So like the strength it takes mentally and physically, I like to say that that really is like the foundation of what's made me for who I am today. Um, it's not a cheap sport. I had to work super hard as a kid and, um, I've been working since I was 14 years old. My first job was at Moe's Southwest Southwest Grill. Uh, welcome to Moe's. Welcome to Moe's. I used to say that. They don't anymore. But um, I worked so hard and endlessly um, my whole life so I could be a part of this sport. And my parents were always super supportive. But like I said, it's really built the foundation of who I am. Um, and, you know, in addition to horsing around, I like hiking. Um, I love going out in the lake on either my paddleboard, a kayak, or a boat. I love snowboarding, working out. You can definitely say I'm active. I don't really like to stop. Um, I always am looking for new adventures. So that's definitely, I think that, that's definitely another part of my motto. We went to, to San Diego a few months ago, and <laughs> I'll let you tell this yeah, story. Yeah, so, so it's not enough to get on a plane and, and go 3,000 miles away to downtown San Diego. As soon as you get there, Alyssa has to then find a restaurant 25 minutes away because that's not enough st- stimulation you've got to get in the car and then drive to a restaurant and drive to somewhere else so um yeah it's 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 constant well you're not wrong but and I think that's great because I really feel like this maybe even should have been like the the first thing I said on this show um you know my number one priority in life is food (laughs) breakfast is my favorite meal of the day no questions asked I have an addiction to sweets and love desserts and there is never a day I'll say no to ice cream or a donut. So if I do, please call for help because I might be dying. Um, a fun fact about me, I'm the least artistic person ever. Don't ever ask me to draw. I have a creative mind, not hands. So stick figures for life. Uh, when I started working for Ryan a few years ago, he asked me to help him with some graphic design. Support. It was the worst possible <laughs> graphic design. We were doing work for... Uh, a water park, which is vibrant colors and beautiful. And Alyssa created an ad that had a black background. And I was like, why would you pick black of all the colors to create? And she's like, I think it looks good. Yeah, no, not so much. 
Um, so, you know, now that you have a little scoop on me, um, you know, let's talk about my boss, my mentor, and honestly, one of my best friends, Ryan Sprantz, who's sitting across from me. And like I said, I'm so grateful to have him um, join me on this uh, podcast recording and my first episode. Um, Ryan, you should know that I just thought endlessly for a couple weeks who my first guest should be and who I would um you know, get the most value and, and real talk and conversation from. And uh, your name just kept popping up in my head. And, you know, I thought endlessly, but it's such an honor. And I'm so happy you were able to join. And the advice and mentoring that you've provided me over the years has literally changed my life. And I know it will be helpful for others to hear. Um, you've been such a huge inspiration and part of my life. So uh, thank you again for coming in today. Yeah, well, listen, thank you. I hope I can live up to that uh, introduction, and I, I absolutely appreciate it, and I'm honored to be here. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Okay, so I guess um, what I want to talk about first is, can we just talk about the first time we met each other? Sure. Because you thought, like, I hated you or something? Well, I mean, it was a, it was at a, at a client's office, and uh, I had heard about you through the process of as we were prospecting, right? We were going in a couple meetings, two, three meetings deep, and they kept referring to this, you know, social media coordinator that she had, uh, that they had there on, on site. And I was like, oh, I'm excited to, to meet her. And I showed up the first day, and you just sat across from me and gave me like, like a bitch face the whole time. And I was like, wow, this, she's going to be a tough one to crack. And I'm like, and I looked over at uh, the the person we were with, Megan, and I said, you know, what's going on with her? She's like, oh, that's just how she is. I was like, wow, all right, this this will be a lot of work. <laughs> I think that's so funny, and I think it was eye opening because I hope that's not everyone's first uh, first impression of me. <laughs> I would say no, I don't think anymore. Um, and and you're like, no, no, I was just intently listening to what you had to say, but. It was, uh, it was definitely an intimidating uh, first meet, I would say, especially for somebody who's coming in, you know, first time being hired to sell services, and you've got a person here who's influential that you're supposed to be working with, and they're, like, just kind of giving you the stink eye the whole time. I, I just had to keep you on edge. Yeah, well, that's true. You've been doing that for four years. So. I know, I know. Um, so can you kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, uh, I'll start with... Uh, you know, I, I spent a good portion of my career uh, working in corporate America, uh, primarily in, you know, high-level positions in retail. I started out when I was, you know, 16 years old, um, didn't go to college, don't have a, a college degree, and uh, just kind of fell in love with, like, the, the instant gratification of retail. And at the time, it was apparel. So you'd go in, you'd get a floor set, they'd send you all this new merchandise, and overnight, you'd set up the new merchandise and you'd try to, you know, make this, you know, beautifully, you know, visual presentation for people to come in. And, you know, I've, in initially working in that environment, I said, you know, this is something that I have a passion for and I can see that kind of immediate turnaround. Um, you know, I worked for, you know, several years kind of working my way up from initially working at The Gap as a stock person in Queens, you know, opening boxes into a position where I oversaw 500 T-Mobile stores um, and, uh, you know, over a billion dollars in business. Um, you know, my mindset, you know, for a while, for a very long period of time was to, you know, continue to, to grow within a company and, you know, rise up the corporate ladder. 
Um, but I felt, you know, many times that that fell flat on its face. And I think primarily because, you know, I always tried to create a sort of microculture in the culture that I was working at, right? So if you work for a company, there's usually a broad culture there. Um, but I had this sense that I could always create a small team within my own group and, you know, create my own culture, really. And, you know, that doesn't work very well because when your own culture doesn't necessarily align with the corporate culture, usually that's where things would start to go south uh, and, and sour. So, um, you know, I, I the last job that I had was the least sexy job on the planet. I was uh, a sales manager for a fire alarm or set, you know, it was a, it was a security company, but my, you know, my division sold fire alarm systems, uh, to buildings in New York city. Uh, it was the stuffiest corporation that you could possibly imagine. Um, it was run like the Gestapo. You had to show up at exactly eight o'clock. If you showed up at eight Oh one, the owner would be standing at the door and say, good afternoon. Um, you had to wear a full suit. Now I like wearing suits, but I like wearing suits when I want to wear suits. I don't want to be told that I need to wear a suit like a uniform. I feel like I'm back in Catholic school. Uh, and I essentially had no passion for that. So I, I, you know, a few years prior to that, I had started, you know, a small side hustle. I had gotten into Instagram and kind of fell in love with the platform, taught myself the platform in and out, um, had one or two like very small clients, uh, that, at the time you were like helping me with like as on, you know, on the side on, on your end. Uh, and then on uh, May 1st of 2018, um, I was called into the lawyer's office at that, that wonderful job that I had. Uh, I remember it cause it was an absolutely beautiful day. It was like the first, you know, kind of nice day of the, of the year. Uh, and I was fired. It was probably the, the strangest um, reaction anybody would have ever given an employer being fired because I could not have been more excited. I was like, really, this is, this is great news. And they're like looking at each other. Um, and I had planned to quit within, you know, a couple of months, but this is the exact push that I needed to kind of get out there and, and do something different. So, uh, I remember walking out of that office, um, you know, walking down the street, jumping into a co-working space, uh, and taking a call with you and one of our clients at the time and, and never looked back. I feel like I've heard you tell this story, honestly, maybe six, seven, eight times, and it never gets old. It's it's definitely inspiring. And so, you know, that's kind of where things started. But um, can you speak a little bit about, you know, your journey since then and kind of how you got where you are today? Yeah. Yeah, listen, I, I will tell you that if, if you would have told me um, on that day, Right. If I would have called you and said in and you said in, in you know, four years or a little over four years, uh, you're going to have uh, 46 employees in three different countries approaching 15 million dollars in sales, uh, you know, own a resort in the Bahamas. I would be like, yeah, OK, this sounds like a wonderful fairy tale book. Um, so I, I, you know, I've been extremely lucky and privileged to work with people that are really passionate about what we do. And that goes with, you know, yourself and all of the employees that we have here, the, the vice president group, the C-suite group, everyone is extremely passionate about uh, what it is that we do. Um, I'm, I'm also incredibly honored to have um, several business partners that have a tremendous uh, passion uh, as well. So, 
you know, the, the Awestruck as a company is, um, has three co-founders, um, myself, uh, Dave Marcy and Nat Collins. And, uh, those guys, you know, we, we really do complement each other in such a tremendous way. And, you know, there's, there's so many great stories of, you know, businesses that have started and failed because, you know, the owners don't get along or they have a completely different vision. And I think, you know, we found a, a very unique secret sauce where a secret sauce, a real, a very secret sauce where <laughs> we, we each have a unique talent that we bring to the table, but at the same time, we have a very communal respect for what the other brings to the table. Nobody feels like we're on, you know, above anybody else or smarter than anybody else or better than anybody else. And I think that has really enabled us um, to grow. Uh, so, so the journey for me personally has been astonishing, really. I, I, there's a point, I think, where you start to go, if I could only do X, right? I, I, when I first got fired, my mindset was, well, if I can, if I could get to $9,000 a month, I could replace a good portion of my bills, maybe reduce some of my debt and I'd be good. Right. That's if I just nine, if I could just get to $9,000 a month, you know, I think once you achieve that, then you, you set that next goal in your head. But where I think it's your brain becomes either your, your friend or your foe is when you start to set limits. And I've gotten to the point where there's been a couple of hurdles where once we got over that hurdle, you go, well, there, there is no limit. Like there is no limit. Why couldn't we do $150 million a year? Um, Why couldn't we build a, a billion dollar unicorn company? You know, these are all possibilities. And I think you truly have to believe that you can do that. And I think that like little bit of crazy is, uh, is essential because if you're if you're too grounded and you're too focused on the practicality of life, I think that becomes your ceiling. It's a self-imposed ceiling. Well, and you know, I I think about my personal situation as well with working with all of you and the agency and you know the development of the agency. You know, seeing what you guys have accomplished, it's there's no word to describe how it makes, you know, not just myself feel, but I'm sure all of us that work for you guys. Um, but I think something that I personally love and I feed off of is obviously the culture and like the motivation that you guys give. But when I first started working for you guys, you know, we had one, two clients and I had no idea what was going to happen. Right. I may not have a job in the future. This may become nothing, but like I, I, I truly like lived off of that idea. Like this was so cool that I got to be a part of something that started as nothing and became what it is today. And, you know, I think I, I said this to you a couple months ago, something I love about my personal career is that while I'm not an entrepreneur myself, it's the entrepreneur mindset and motivation. And I have that and who knows where my future will take me or what ideas happen. Um, you know, I just, I've learned so much and, and to an extent, I feel like I've taken a risk and gotten to kind of feed off that same success, that feeling of success while going through, you know, yeah. every step of the way. Well, and it's a risk on both sides, right? Because I remember when I hired you, I don't necessarily know that there was a clear path to how I could pay you every single week. I remember our conversation exactly. You're like, listen, I'm going to pay you for six months. After that, you might not have a job. I might not have a job. What's going to happen? But 
I mean, like, it's crazy to see where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, we're, we're recording this podcast, you know, in our offices. We've got a great office space here. Uh, we've got, you know, brilliant and talented people that work with us. Uh, we recently brought on a chief operating officer. And, you know, that's a, that's a big step, too, as well, because, you know, as, as somebody who's, you know, one of the business owners, you start to give up control. And that's, that's a weird dynamic, because now you're not in on the day to day decisions where you want to normally jump and make a decision and provide guidance. You can't do that anymore, because somebody's in place to do that. But I, I think where you have to stay focused on is that, that growth, right? Like, what is the next thing for you? that's going to make you happy. And I think it has to come down to that, right? You've heard that, that, you know, Gary V sound bite that's going around, which is 7 billion people need to reframe, you know, it's not success is not waking up with a billion dollars. It's, you know, waking up and being happy. Um, I think that's really where, what it comes down to is what is, what is happiness? Because we've had certain levels of success in this company where we had a group of clients and several groups of clients and it just wasn't the right fit. So it wasn't about the retainers they were paying and the money we were making. It didn't matter because if I woke up or my partners or our employees woke up and they were miserable because they had to deal with this situation, it wasn't success. It, it was financial success, but it wasn't ultimately success. And I think you've got to define what success means to, to you and to every individual. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the, when I thought about having you on this episode and some of the things I wanted to talk about, I thought about what some of my listeners would want to hear, right? And some of the conversations I have with some of my friends and even family, and we talk about success and happiness and how important it is today. I mean, it's always been important, but today more than ever, we see it. Life is so short. I've said it before. I'll say it now, and I will say it 10 times again. But I feel like I have so many friends who are just miserable and so unhappy with their careers. Um, and it's like they they have, you know, the urge and part of them wants to kind of take that jump, but part of them doesn't know what to do and they want, you know, stability. So like what what types of advice and what things would you say to those people who kind of are considering that and want to find more um, success and happiness in their life? That, that's a that's a difficult one because you can guide someone all you want. You could again practically on a spreadsheet show them how this is the right decision or why this is the right decision. But ultimately people have to decide things for themselves. They have to get to a point where they just won't deal with something anymore. They're just unhappy enough to make a change, right? Very few people that are getting a paycheck and are potentially in a in a process where they work at a job. The you know employers for the most part are letting people work from home because it's so hard to find talent. Maybe people aren't being as pressed as hard as they were before to produce on a day to day basis at their jobs. So people get comfortable and they get they get stagnant and that's okay. Like it doesn't mean that everyone has to have this mindset that they've got to build something massive but then don't complain about it, right? It's the person that says, I'm not happy and I want something more. You have to get to that place in your head to define what more is. Um, but if you're happy and you're content, you know, great. And, you know, do, do you and, 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 you know, don't look to make a change. But, you know, I, I personally try to surround myself with people who aren't necessarily content because I think you get to a point where the rest of it just becomes a game, right? If you've got, 
if you get shelter, you've got food, you've got health insurance, you've got transportation, you've got some friends, you really are better than 98% of the world, right? So do you need to go out and find 50 new clients and raise your revenue from 15 million to 30 million? No, you don't necessarily need to, but you have to frame it as a game in your head because it's not going to kill you if you don't get there. So I think once you frame it as a game, then it becomes a very different story as to how you approach it, right? Because, you, you know, okay, so you lose, you know, you lose the game, big deal. You go back at it and you get back on that horse and, and you try to do something different. But um, people have to get to a point where they're completely unhappy and recognize that they want to do something different. Because if somebody's like, eh, I'd love to start something, it's really cool what you're doing. I, I've had countless conversations with people be like, wow, it's so cool. I, you know, I'm starting something too. Great. You know, so what are you doing? And they're putting in very little effort and then you give some advice and they're like, oh yeah, you know, maybe when I get to this point, I could do it. And you could just tell that their passion isn't it. And that's okay, but it's just not going to grow to the level that they want. So I think you have to clearly define what happiness looks like and what success looks like for you. Uh, Tony Robbins said years ago, Success for him is doing whatever he wants, wherever he wants, whenever he wants, with whomever he wants. That's success, right? Well, that's pretty broad, right? That means I wake up and I decide what I'm going to do. But if success for you is to get the next promotion in your company, but you really don't like it, it's just because you want that extra eight or $10,000 you know, thing, that the, the, the salary that that job's going to pay you, then you're probably headed down the wrong path. And what about those, I, I feel like, right, there's people who want it or don't want it, and but then there's some people who are a little scared, mm -hmm. right? They're walking on, on thin ice. They don't really know. They want to take that risk, but they're comfortable and they're scared. So, you know, is there any, and if there is, what, what type of, like, motivational advice would you give those people? Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I would give motivational advice, right? Because it's not motivation that people need. It's, um, it's a clarity in a path that people need. So yeah. I, th I think the younger you are, the more risk you should take because you could go try something and have it fail in two years and still go, you could still go get that shitty job. You can do that whenever you want, right? You know, you can always go back and get another job if you leave a job to start something. Um, you know, and the, uh, what tends to happen with as people as they get a little older and who knows where your audience demographic is going to be, but as people get a little older and people get more settled, right? Take a person that, you know, has children, has a mortgage, has, they're going to save for college, they're doing all of these things. And then they're faced with, I hate my job. I hate my life. I hate getting up every day and going to this place and reporting to this miserable human being that has no respect for me. But I can't make that move. And the reason I can't make that move is because I've got all of these other obligations. That's when it's hard, right? That's when it gets harder to make that change. But, you know, if you're in an apartment and you're essentially, you know, not, you're, maybe you're single, uh, your overhead is pretty low, you can do whatever. Because if, even if you failed, again, it's only a couple of years and you can go back out and get that shitty job all over again. I'm laughing because as you're speaking, it's really making me uh, appreciate my situation. I mean, it's been challenging. It's difficult. Um, so many of my friends are settled down and married and have homes and starting to have kids or have kids already. 
And, you know, the circles back to kind of the reason I wanted to create this podcast is the relatability and like the opportunity and that everyone, we compare ourselves so much based on what we see on social media and where we should be or versus where we are. And this year, more than ever, have I really appreciated my situation. You know, the fact that I am single, I do live in an apartment, I can go anywhere and do anything that I want to do. And I just, I never appreciated that until now. And it's been so exciting. And, you know, I would say to anyone else who's in a, in a similar boat as me, like risk it for the biscuit. It's just, it's. Well, we're, we're conditioned to do a bunch of things, right? We're conditioned to try to get married at a young age, to try to have kids at a young age, to immediately go to college and rack up an enormous amount of debt. Um, and by the time you get out of college, now you're looking at sixty to $250,000 in debt. And you may not even get a job that you know pays you enough to pay down your college debt. So you, you have to think, why are we conditioned that way? And not to make it a political thing, but that's what helps the banks, right? Ultimately, that's that conditioning helps keep the, the economy moving for the richest people in the world. But if you kind of break that mold and you go, well, maybe I'm not going to do this. Maybe I'm going to live in a van for a year and I love basketball. So I'm going to create a blog and a podcast on basketball and focus on that. And that starts to produce some income for you. It's completely different from the last, you know, hundred years of how we've been conditioned. So I think you really just have to ask yourself what does make you happy and what are you willing to to sacrifice? And you know, you mentioned it right. Lots of your friends are getting married, they're having kids, they're getting their their first homes, you know. And maybe that's just maybe it's right for you, and maybe it's not right for you. Those people may call you in five years and say, "I wish I was you." Um, because I never wrote that book that I wanted to write. Um, so, you know, I, it, it absolutely has to come down to a few things. I think you've got to try to define that the success will change for you as you get older and as you have different interests in life. But you also have to define what your goals are and start to set some goals and execute on those on a daily basis and a monthly basis and an annual basis. None of this new year's resolution shit. Cause nobody, you know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to stop smoking. It, what you need is like an actual goal plan that you can follow and you can read every morning and go, am I on track or am I not? What am I about to do today? Does it align with these goals that I have here or does it not? Cause if it doesn't, then I shouldn't be doing it because I'm not getting any closer to my goals. Well, and it's so funny you say that because, um, by surprise, I've been reading this book and I don't actually really like to read, but it's one of my goals is to try and form a habit of, of reading, even if it's, you know, five minutes a day and kind of decompressing and turning off my phone. And, um, the last book I read was more of like a fiction novel. It was really cute. And then this book, I wanted something that was more on personal development. Um, it's atomic habits and I've maybe read 30 pages on it, but there's already been so much advice that I've, I've read that's super helpful. Um, the, the biggest thing I've taken from it so far is about building habits and making them habits that you can reach. Um, and that goals are great, but they're also, they can also be like your worst enemy because if you create a goal of, I want to lose 20 pounds, and you go to the gym for three weeks and you lose 20 pounds, what do you do after, you know, you lose those 20 pounds? So, they start talking about how your habits need to be about 
not just around a goal, but a lifestyle. So for myself, you know, especially with traveling so much, I've always um, kind of been in and out of the gym, but I'm a very active and fit person. But I've told myself like, what kind of lifestyle do I want? I want a healthy lifestyle. I still want to be able to enjoy food, but I've started to try and create habits around that mentality of being a healthy person, not losing weight, not trying to gain muscle, but creating longevity within my life and my personal health. And, and, you know, I've started to think about those things as well. The past few years, you know, I've thought about so many different things in my life between school and my career and where I want to live and who my friends are. But finally, I'm kind of taking this year to be super selfish and learn to love myself and figure out those long-term goals and my lifestyle. And, you know, this podcast is part of that. This new role with Awestruck is part of that. Um, you know, my personal fitness and health journey is part of that. And even the people that I'm starting to to surround myself is becoming a part of that. Um so it really is about creating those habits for a lifestyle, not just a goal. Well, and that piece you talk about surrounding yourself with, with people, it, that is, I think, one of the most critical aspects of it. Because if you if you don't have people around you that are accomplishing great things, but also challenging you to continue to grow and accomplish things, then you are going to struggle, right? Because you look around and you see people that are essentially stagnant. And they, you know, what's that old, you know, phrase they say your uh, your your net worth is your network. It's got a lot to do with it. If you hang out with with, you know, a bunch of millionaires, you will find yourself a millionaire because the ha- you pick up on those habits. Um, but at the same time, if you hang out with a bunch of people who are, you know, living for the weekend for the the club and and the drinks, um, you're going to find yourself, you know, with uh, unhappy. And I think with people that, uh, aren't helping you grow. So that's an important piece of it. And I think, you know, you'd asked me earlier, like, you know, describe my journey and kind of how I got there. A big portion of that is, you know, I, when I was started my original business, which merged into the business we have today, I was driven to do something. However, I don't believe I personally, like on my own could have accomplished what our company has accomplished by myself. Like I, I'm not that individual. I'm not Jeff Bezos who's going to be able to completely grow this like multi-billion dollar organization. I needed people around me and those people were my partners and, and Dave and Nat. And, you know, again, we, we, we share the ability to bounce things off each other. You know, I know there's certain things that I'm really not good at. I, I thrive on positivity. When there's a positive relationship, I'll give that relationship everything. When a relationship becomes combative, I just don't want to be involved with it, right? I could go back to a shitty job if I want to be, you know, in a combative situation all the time. But my partners are different in that sense. They can step up and recognize how to handle certain situations around that. Um, so, uh, I do think it's it's critical to make sure that the people you're spending time with are adding to your life and helping you uh, become the person you want to be. Otherwise, y- you will wake up one day and find that you are not. Totally. And I have found that in the past year, I've made so many new relationships and friendships that have just helped me grow as an individual so much and brought so much joy to my life. Um, a couple like friendships I've rekindled from, you know, my childhood and 
um, adventure buddies and people who, you know, like you said, kind of fall under the same boat as me where they want more from life. And, you know, they think about their goals and who they want to be and um, they're making the most of every single day. And it's very helpful to surround myself around people like that because, I had someone the other day tell me, you guys have it made. Kids have it made in today's world. But I I think it's harder than ever. You know, social media, it's just created this vision. And it's so easy to want something else or wish you were that or compare. And I just think that surrounding yourself around like a positive environment and the right people helps build who you are and be confident with the lifestyle that you're creating. Yeah, listen, I, I have the privilege of being in the age group, right? I'm, I'm 48 years old. So where I was around before there was the internet and before there were cell phones and, and apps and things like that. So when you were a kid, you'd had to go up to somebody else to make a friend, right? If you were 17, 18 years old and you wanted to date somebody, you had to literally go and talk to them and build a connection and ask them out on a date you didn't, you know, slide into the DMs and shoot them a couple like crafty messages that you stole from your buddy. And then that got you, you know, basically 75% of the way there. So, or create a, a viral TikTok or create a viral TikTok or something, you know, so you, you get, there are advantages and disadvantage advantages. I, I think of, of today, um, you know, the advantages, I heard a comedian today who was saying, you know, if I, if I wanted to know growing up where Tom Petty grew up, I would just have to ask people. And occasionally I stumbled into someone and they were wearing a Tom Petty shirt and maybe he knew where Tom Petty lived and that's how I figured it out. And I felt this rush of endorphins when he told me that he knew where Tom Petty lived. Now you just Google anything. And it, so it, it definitely is completely different. I wouldn't say it's, it's easier. I just, I would just say it's, um, it's different because at the same time, you know, you see those people that just, you know, are swiping on Tinder, every single person hoping for, they're playing a numbers game, right? They're hoping for, you know, five or six matches. Uh, that's not what would happen in the past. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a different time, but I would say it's probably not easier or harder. It's just different. Absolutely. So one of the notes I have that I wanted to mention was, um, you know, how do you level set your goals and wanting more in life, right? How do you find happiness also with what you have and not taking away from that happiness from constantly wanting more, more, more. Um, I remember maybe a couple years ago, you know, it was you and I were having discussion around money, right? And it's like, you can continue to make more money, but to what extent, how much money will truly ever make you happy if you constantly want more, 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 right? And that's just a um, pencil and paper example here. But you know, what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, we're here having a discussion to, to motivate and inspire people and, you know, kind of hear real talk on 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 the reality of life and building a company and a journey. But um, so we were here saying, you know, reach your goals, keep creating new goals. But how do you level set that with happiness? Yeah, that that is uh, that's very hard. Um, and I by by no stretch do I do a good job at that. I, I think more than anything the what i suffer from is the ability to once something is accomplished to saying well if i could do this 
then what else could I do? And then looking for the next kind of bigger thing, um, which is not necessarily bad, but it could be, right? Because if you, 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 you get into this weird, like almost addict mindset where you're, you're never happy and you're never satisfied and you're always chasing, um, I think you have to have, be honest with yourself about the balance, right? And what is... You know, you got to, again, I'll, I use Tony Robbins as a reference. Um, I'll use him again because he, he was a great mentor back in the, the 90s for me. And um, he used to ha- talk about something called a, a checkup from the neck up. And he had this list and it was like literally, you know, you know, spiritual, financial, friendships. Uh, he had all of these, these boxes and you, he would challenge you to go and fill out the information in these boxes and be honest with yourself about if you felt like you were happy and meeting your own expectations. We want to say goals. You're meeting your own expectations. Uh, and I think you'd go through that exercise and then he'd call on you to read it and you'd go, yeah, spiritual for me, I don't really have a whole lot of spiritual goals. Like I'm, I'm good. I feel confident. Where somebody else says, you know, I, I feel like I need to be more spiritual and here are the reasons why. And there's my personal connection with a family member that, you know, I wish I would have done. So everyone's got kind of a, a, a different mindset. I, I do think though you have to try your best to ground yourself. It, Cause it sounds like I'm saying two different things. You've got to ground yourself with where you are. There's that old phrase, stop and smell the roses. Sometimes you just got to stop and go, Wow. This was great. Look at all the things we accomplished. Let's, you know, spend a little time enjoying those things versus getting to the next thing. So I I wouldn't say that I'm the best person to give advice as to when to not kind of like level up and have the mindset that you want to like 10x the next thing in front of you. Um, But I would say on the times where, where I've done it, it goes back to that mindset of the, the checkup from the neck up. It's like, okay, like, did you wake up happy today? No, I woke up anxious. Well, why the fuck did I wake up anxious? Let me think through. And you don't know the answer, but then you start to dig a little bit and you go, well, because that one thing didn't go how I wanted it to. All right, so what could I do to make that better? What can I do to make that relationship better? Maybe if I made a phone call and said, you know, the conversation we had, maybe I didn't handle that situation right. Let's go back and address it. And that could kind of bring you more to a level of peace. I also, though, think that whole concept of you know, life is a game once you have the basics in life and once you have this, you know, your basic needs, that's where you can you know, play full out because it doesn't matter anymore if you, if you lose that portion of the game. Like people, uh, I'll use a casino reference. If you go to a casino with, with 200 bucks and you start to play and after a couple hours you make you know, a few hundred bucks and you take that 200 bucks off the table and you put it in your pocket and everything else in your hand is now you're playing with the house's money, right? So, well, now I'm going to bet bigger because it doesn't matter if I lose it because I'm, I'm even, right? So you get kind of, you know, using a lot of analogies here, but that, but that betting with the house's money. So then you got to challenge yourself, but at the same time, you got to have honest conversations with how are you feeling? Are you feeling content? Are you feeling, um, is there a general sense of happiness? Um, and if, is there some, a sense of anxiety? And if not, I think when you boil down to it, it's not from what you haven't accomplished. It's from how you played the game and how you got to where you are that day. I had a conversation with um, 
the team this morning, uh, we have like our weekly touch base call and we all talk about our wins for the week and a shout out. And honestly, it's one of my favorite parts of the week with the team because it's just so great to see how people collaborate and build both personal and professional relationships, but also to hear everyone's wins. Um, sometimes they're work related, but a lot of times they're personal about their personal lives. And so, you know, my win that I shared was for since literally since January, I've done nothing but go, go, go. Like I've just traveled and I love it and I don't regret it at all. And I've been technically home for a couple weeks and it's like been too long. I'm like, okay, where am I going to go next? Get me out of here. Right. But instead of kind of being anxious and kind of wanting the next best thing, I've decided to kind of take this opportunity to regimen and create a schedule for myself to better myself as an individual. So going back to that uh, lifestyle and fitness, you know, I started getting in a a routine again with going to the gym and walking my dog and I want to go on a hike again soon. And I try to find those things that truly make me happy at home so I can level set and really appreciate that just as equally as going away. Um, and the fact that I realized that and acknowledged it was really a, a personal win for myself. Yeah. yeah it's, it's stepping back and, you know, really being honest with yourself on, on where you're at. So, you know, going back, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, what you've built and created and um, as a team with the other founders and um, some of your personal accomplishments. What is uh, your current, you know, latest and greatest accomplishment and excitement within the business world for you? And how do you feel about that accomplishment? Yeah, there's a few. Um, You know, I had mentioned earlier that we hired a, a chief operating officer. Um, you and I were at an airport once about three years ago. And I remember we were working with somebody who was a freelancer and I had just gotten some work back from that person and it was, you know, less than spectacular. And I remember looking at you and saying, at some point, the company itself as an entity will outgrow all of us. Um, and if done right, if you build the company right, it really should outgrow everyone because it, is cert- it certainly should outlive everyone, right? Because we don't live forever, but, you know, Coca-Cola has been around hundreds of years, right? So the, the company didn't die with the founders. So when you say the company will outgrow everyone, I put myself in that group as well. Like I felt like at some point the, the company is going to outgrow me. I don't feel it's... Th- completely that but i definitely feel that the company has outgrown uh operationally my passion and desire to be doing a certain job on a day-to-day basis right um so a big accomplishment for us in the company is to hire someone with extensive experience to come in and look at everything that we've built over the last you know three and a half years and essentially tell us if it's good or bad and then help create new processes if it, if it's if it's good or bad. That that's a very difficult thing to allow hap- to happen because essentially you're telling somebody else, "Hey, this is what I what I've created. Now tell me if it's bad, and then go make those changes." Um, so I've tried real hard over the last several weeks since our new COO has been in place to to step away from that or- portion of the business. Um, in the new role I've taken on as a uh, chief um, 
brand officer, I want to focus more on the sort of the creative aspect. Um, so I'm trying to do that. So I would say that's number one. The number two is, you know, we've got uh, myself and my partners, uh, we have an absolute passion for real estate, um, you know, and I should say the passion for real estate to, you know, because we're a destination marketing company, you know, we love, you know, supporting hotels and resorts in these beautiful parts of the world. I would say it was probably about two years ago um, that we were sitting at uh, at a beach, beach bar bongos in um, uh, St. Pete Beach, one of our clients, I'll give him a shout out. And we were talking about, you know, hey, let's buy a piece of real estate. Let's buy something here in St. Pete Beach. It's great. Let's buy a condo or something like that. And, you know, I think at the time we were like, yeah, you know, the prices are going up. Maybe we should wait. We'll see what happened. Well, obviously, we know what happened. The market almost doubled, you know, since that time frame. And then I started to just go online and find, like, the craziest, you know, shit of, to find. I was, I was sending my partners, you know, um, small resorts in Costa Rica to buy. And, you know, I think part of most of those texts and they will deny it, but most of those texts go unanswered because I think they look at it on a Saturday and go, what the fuck? Like it's guys out of his mind. Uh, but I couldn't sort of let that die. And I started to, I think the big mindset shift for me was to, to go from, you know, it's really hard to buy a commercial piece of real estate and it's, doubly hard to buy a piece of commercial real estate in another country. And I went from telling myself that to asking, how do you buy a commercial piece of real estate in another country? And I think once you start asking yourself the questions versus telling yourself if you could do it or not do it, it opens up a whole bunch of things. Cause then you start to do what you know, first you Google it, then you stumble across a YouTube video. Then you see somebody who's done it. Now you've got sort of proof of concept, right? Now you're like, well, maybe if I reach out to the person he just mentioned, maybe I'll get a little. And if you continue down that little path, that rabbit hole, eventually you're going to start to get some of the answers. Um, so one of the big accomplishments for us is we purchased a small boutique resort uh, in Eleuthera in the Bahamas, which is a, a beautiful island, um, ranked the 23rd most beautiful island in the world by Travel and Leisure magazine. Um, it's an oceanfront resort. And again, it's one of those things, if you would have told me four years ago that this was going to be our path, I would have said that you're, you're absolutely crazy. Um, but then not stopping there and saying, what if, right? Well, why couldn't we own 20 of these all over the world in the Amalfi Coast in Italy and, you know, something in Cabo and um, the Gulf of California and, you know, all of these different places in the world, why couldn't we do it? So that's the next kind of phase of how do you do that and going down that path. So those are some of the accomplishments. I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that the reason I'm able to do these things is because we do have an exceptional team. Um, you know, again, 40 some odd employees in three different countries, everyone extremely passionate and dedicated to the company. Uh, a specific shout out to our, you know, vice president team, your, yourself included, that are incredibly passionate about what we do and, you know, work around the clock, not because we tell them to, because they have a passion for it, uh, to, to make sure that we're a successful company. Um, but if we didn't have that, we, I'd still be knee deep in, you know, the day-to-day -day operations. Um, 
we're structuring we from the day we conceived the company, you know, at, at a restaurant in Princeton, the mindset was to conceive a sustainable company that would essentially outlive us, not a company that gave us jobs. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. It's, you know, you can go out and start a, a business where you own a, a, a pizzeria, but you've got to be there seven days a week. You've got to be there every Friday, Saturday until late at night. So essentially it's great. I and mean, you've, you're, you've created your own wealth, but you've also also created a job for yourself. Um, we never wanted to create jobs for ourselves. We wanted to create a living entity that could essentially function without us if, if needed. Um, you know, so I think if I, you know, I had to boil down our accomplishments into a couple, it's, you know, certainly being able to step away from the day-to-day operations and being honest with myself that I think somebody else needed to do that job outside of me. It's our expansion into real estate and specifically international real estate. Uh, and it's just the, the, the sheer gratitude and passion that I have for the group of people that work with us every day. I work with you every single day and talk to you every single day and I'm still just in awe of this entire situation and how exciting this is for you and our entire team and um, you know I think this is exciting and this is going to bring so many new adventures to the table for for you and the entire um, awestruck team and you know selfishly I'm excited for myself a lot of people I love when people ask me day to day like what do you do for work like mm-hmm. are you on a vacation or where are you going and it's like you know I'm excited for myself and to have new opportunities and to learn new things and that's what life is about so um, congratulations thank you thank you well, I think this has been a fabulous recording. Yeah. Uh, this, thanks for, so much for having me. I hope uh, the information that we gave out is, uh, is definitely beneficial to people. But, you know, I think you just got to keep asking yourself, what if? Um, and if, if you open up your mind to whatever your passion is, first you got to help you. It'll help you define it, uh, but it'll also help you accomplish it. Absolutely. And um, I'm really looking forward to uh, starting to have these shows a few times a month. So looking forward to pushing out some more episodes. Um, If you do not, please follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Alyssa Poster. That's A-L-I-S-S-A-P-O-S-T-E-R. There'll be some exciting behind the scenes and posts and updates on uh, my crazy life. And you'll see some of my work adventures there. Um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope this first episode was just as rewarding for you guys as it was for me. Uh, and have a fabulous, fabulous day.